Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Jordan, and welcome to the Practice Heals audiobook. This is Chapter 3, The Truth About Feelings. I am one who hugs and enjoys being held. I am one who loves and enjoys being loved. I am one who experiences and enjoys being experienced. I am one who lives and embraces death. In this lesson, I go deeper into the truth about feelings or emotions. This chapter may make you vibrate with understanding and a sense of relief and meaning. Or, you may find yourself strongly resisting, even rejecting, these truths. Embrace whatever you feel about this lesson because it's not something spoken of openly. The truth is this. You will come to realize and accept that at a certain point in the evolution of your consciousness, you will no longer need feelings to define yourself. In their truest sense, feelings are nothing but conditioned reactions based on our perception of any given moment. Most feelings, if not all, are based on past experiences and our feelings about them. Or, we make a hypothesis about a potential future experience that hasn't happened, based on our feeling about a past or present circumstance. So, we may feel worried, fearful, or happy about something that has not even happened yet because of a past experience. We've been conditioned to believe that we are what we feel. Perceptually, it may be true that we are our feelings. Studies show that emotions play a role in dictating molecular motion inside the body. Literally, emotions dictate chemistry to some degree, and that chemistry, in one form or another, plays a role in what we are. The truth is, you are not your feelings. You do not need feelings to have an unconditionally loving relationship with life. Believe me when I tell you, there will come a time when you will go forward into a higher space of consciousness in which you no longer need to see your feelings as the truth of what you are. You will no longer need your feelings. In this higher space of consciousness, you will see feelings for what they really are, reactions to life. Then, you can embrace feelings for what they are to you and were to you when you were in a past space of consciousness. Never reject the stages of your inner spiritual development. All stages of consciousness are perfect, and we need to go through them all. Going forward, accept the possibility, no, the inevitability, of a relationship with life that does not contain many feelings, an existence that is not controlled by your feelings. This is a major evolutionary space for every soul on the planet. You will evolve past the point of needing feelings to guide you. My purpose here is to make you aware of this truth and to bring a level of awareness to the subject of feelings. In no way, shape, or form am I suggesting that you suppress any feeling. We do not reach a place of intuitive peace by suppressing feelings or emotions. As I said, we need to experience feelings because we are students in life's classroom. We can go through as many feelings as we need to and believe as many times as we have to that we are those feelings until we become more aware and understand the truth. In the meantime, you don't have to accept your own feelings or another's feelings as the ultimate truth of who you are or of what life is. Accept that you have had billions of emotional experiences through an infinite number of lifetimes. All of these feelings have had an effect on your emotional interpretation of what you consider to be real. As you accept deeper truths, you will understand that what you have felt to be real and true based on your feelings may, in fact, not be just to be clear, I'm not suggesting that you reject the feelings you have or the emotions you express. Rather, begin to make a shift into a space where you are no longer relying on your highly subjective, erratic, and instinctual emotions. After all, an emotional response to a moment and life is an eternal string of moments is unsustainable. Instead, 
embrace a higher level of intuitive consciousness and guidance, which is based in the truth that all life is good. Only through using intuition, through growing into a higher level of intuitive consciousness, can we have a sustainable, ongoing relationship to life in a space of unconditional love, acceptance, and peace. As a student in life's classroom, I became interested in feelings when people began coming to me with feelings that they couldn't trace back to a source. They could not consciously justify that they even had these feelings. Their life was good, they told me, yet they had these feelings, these strongly triggered feelings. I began to question the validity of these emotions they could not explain. I was able, in my space of consciousness, to open up to the unconscious or subconscious minds of my patients. This is where feelings are stored. Feelings we could either not handle, blocked out, or were unaware of. But because feelings needed to be released, these people's feelings, which they couldn't explain, were being triggered out of them. This is how I became aware that a person's feelings are not always based on what's going on now. I came to understand that feelings are often inaccurate. Therefore, they are probably not accurate guides for our lives and how we live in the now. Past life experiences are considered questionable by many people, but let me tell you what I've learned about them. You may or may not accept past life experiences as real, but past life experiences have also played a role in my patients' emotional reactions. Some patients have looked to me for guidance, and I have seen mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual symptoms diminish, if not resolve, when past life patterns of emotion are released. My patients were completely unaware of these patterns, and these patterns were not the reason they came to see me. My patients taught me so much about life and about emotions. They were my teachers in disguise. It's not necessary to accept the reality of past lives to follow and accept the teachings of the practice. No one has been more of a skeptic about this than me. As I teach this truth, I run the risk of looking the fool more than anyone. As life taught me these truths, they became real and undeniable. Whether you believe this truth or not is irrelevant. I too once lived in a limited space. We all do. Eventually, you will see the eternity that is life. If this truth does not resonate with you now, it will at some appropriate time. Be patient until that time comes, because it certainly will. You do not need to believe to accept the teachings and the practice. If you came to this book with an open heart and a mind willing to change, then try to become aware of feelings you experience but cannot explain to yourself. Engage a deeper level of awareness that is always available to you when you have a feeling or express an emotion that confuses you, that you cannot identify as being appropriate to your present situation. It may be a feeling that goes all the way back to your birth or an in utero, for we receive our mother's emotions and feelings, and that feeling only needs to be acknowledged, accepted, and released. If you find yourself mirrored in emotions that you can't explain, if you want to be released from all of your life's emotional patterns, enter into your past life without judgment. Be aware that if you begin a genuine release of past life trauma, you will not always find that you were a king or a queen or a princess. Anyone who's done past life release with me knows we don't often find those rarefied conditions. So we must be open beyond what we are conscious of if we truly want to be released from emotional patterns and from working our way through life by feelings. Enter into the space of past life in the same way you enter into all the spaces of your life, without judgment. Judging the past, present, or future will never bring us the healing we need. Releasing it will. Let's get really honest about our feelings. 
If you accept that you are growing in intuitive consciousness, or you are already in a space of intuitive consciousness, then there's no reason not to be completely honest. So I'm going to ask you to reflect on the majority of your lifetime emotional experiences. Don't judge them, but look at them objectively just for a moment. Would you put the majority of your feelings you remember most clearly in the feel-good or feel-bad category? In the end, there is no real bad. We've already discussed that truth. But our feelings experience life at a level of consciousness where good and bad still exist. Even though we are all healing towards a place of intuitive knowing where everything is all good, you may still, to various degrees, rely on your feelings. So, from that perspective, into which category would you put most of your feelings, good or bad? I've seen an amazing cross-section of humanity over the past 15 years, and most people tell me that they most often remember the bad or negative feelings. So that would be where they put the majority of their most easily recalled emotional experience. Why would this be the case? Why do we remember or recall more bad feelings than good feelings? There may be lots of good feelings, but in general, the first function of feelings is to keep us alive, which means they are based on a finite relationship with short-term experiences. Those bad feelings are primitive reaction patterns that are meant to defend us and keep us out of harm's way. They keep us from dangerous and unpleasant experiences. To defend us, do they make us feel safe and comfortable? No! They make us feel uncomfortable, and they do an amazing job of it. If they make us feel uncomfortable again and again and again, why do we continue to rely on them? We rely on emotions to keep us safe. Yet, the basis of being kept safe and out of harm's way is really based on a short-term, finite relationship with life and experiences of it. Feelings and emotions create only a false sense of safety. They function on some level as an avoidance system. They never get us to a space of an eternal relationship with life based on unconditional love, acceptance, and peace so that we no longer have to avoid life experiences. Feelings create pylons, a veritable obstacle course that keeps us living small and not free. A pylon is an experience in life that we have judged as negative through perceptual data. We are not in harmony with the experience. We feel bad. So the next time we experience a similar situation, we put up a pylon so that we don't feel as bad. I liken it to walking into a room where a bucket of water falls on your head. You don't like it, but you walk into another room and another bucket of water falls on your head. So you put up a pylon so that you don't walk into any more rooms so that no more buckets of water fall on you. The space in which you now live gets smaller and smaller with those pylons you've set up to avoid feeling bad. Life becomes an obstacle course. Even if sometimes you slip past the pylon, you breathe a sigh of relief. Whew! I made it past the pylon. The water didn't get me this time. But are you free to really live? Nah. There are too many pylons, and you're always afraid. But even living small like this is a blessing in disguise because once you recognize that you are erecting pylons all over the place, that awareness forces you to begin to release the emotions that set up those pylons. Of course, there never were actual pylons. Were there? There were only emotions based on some past experience that you made fearful. You can let it go, die to it in a sense. I think it's a good idea to die every day to emotions that no longer serve us. If you still need pylons, put them up. It's okay if you don't want to experience what's in any room of life, so to speak. If you do set up a pylon so you don't have to enter some room or situation in life, then you don't yet realize that you can always choose to enter the room from a place of unconditional love and peace. Are you beginning to see that that energy behind the pylons, the reasons they appear, is your emotions or feelings about certain moments or experiences that is based on a past experience or a future experience that hasn't even happened? All of these emotional experiences are based on judgments. The emotional experience creates ignorant judgments of good or bad, and those judgments become the truth. But are they? But they are not truth. 
They are only judgments based on reactions. As I said, you will eventually no longer need to make your life smaller by erecting pylons. The bad feelings that created them will effortlessly disappear, for those feelings are woefully inadequate guides to living life in the present moment. They will disappear as you grow in consciousness. Take a moment to process this teaching and to observe your emotions as you read it. You don't have to have faith in me about this or faith that what I'm telling you is the truth. If what I'm saying doesn't resonate with you as truth, okay, become a student of life and find out for yourself. You will go through more suffering, but you will still come to the same truth. All I ask is that you open up to what I'm saying, hear it, and consider that there's a certain degree of merit in what I'm saying. Most easily recalled feelings are or have been, for the majority of us, negative or bad experiences. A major function of feelings is to keep us out of harm's way or to keep us from getting hurt emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Feelings do have a function, and in their proper place, they can be useful. Big things in life sneak up on us sometimes, but most of the time, the big things are nothing but the big gorilla in the room, and we've been living life and getting around the big gorilla for some time. What I like to do is confront the gorilla and allow the release of the feelings to happen. If you try this, you will find, like I did, that you will become very centered and peaceful, no matter what the gorilla looks like, no matter what the situation. I'm no longer very emotional about any situation, because I've already released all my emotions. So what's left? There's nothing to do but be with any situation that arises just as it is, peacefully. Besides, the end point is not about releasing feelings. The end point is about loving life. Isn't that wonderful? Are there good feelings? Yes. Good feelings are almost always based on situations in which we feel completely comfortable and safe. Good feelings can be a constant presence in our lives, as I've already said when we let our intuition guide us. Intuition is the best foundation for having good feelings. Why? Because when you live based on the truth that all life is good, then the feelings you have are most often based in that goodness. I like to say, have intuition for dinner and feelings for dessert. Nice feelings are sweet. They really are. Holding a baby, kissing a loved one, hugging or being held, they're sweet. But let's face it, they are not the majority of moments. We need to be realistic about how we experience the eternity that is life. Most people live for those sweet moments and merely survive everything else. Yet they eventually wonder why they feel sad, disappointed, or unhappy most of the time. Now do you see? When we live purely from our emotions... We have to know that the sweet moments are mathematically minuscule compared to the other experience that don't generate that sweetness. Still, we keep living for the sweet moments because that's what we've always done. We still don't get that there is another possibility, that all moments are perfect. The positive side of feelings. Feeling great, that sweet moment, can be just as out of balance as feeling bad. That moment of feeling euphoric or emotionally great is the beginning of all addiction. This brings me to another truth. All addiction is rooted in feeling euphoric in an unsustainable manner for unsustainable reasons. If that isn't a truth that sets you free, then you just are not ready to be set free. Addiction is seated in that euphoric moment when you feel completely free from most or all of your negative feelings and pain. And more powerful than that, not only does that feeling become addictive, but so does the entire situation whatever it may be. We literally photograph it energetically and store it in our being. So everyone and every substance and everything in that situation becomes an integral part of what we need to re-experience that euphoria. So if you're euphoric and you're having a drink, 
alcohol becomes a part of the experience that needs to be replicated. If you're euphoric and the sun's out, then the sun becomes a part of the addiction. If you're euphoric and you're having an orgasm, that becomes a part of the addiction. If you are with one or more persons and you experience euphoria, then that person or persons become a requirement for the experience to repeat itself. The emotional addiction is then embraced and interconnected with a substance, person, setting. In that space, you are then addicted to both the feeling and the experience that supports it or allows it to be. This is a powerful truth. The end of addiction is to live intuitively. Being is what we are when we develop our intuition. Being means we are with life, not reacting to life, but being with life. We are being, not doing, not achieving, not even becoming. When we live this way, we can be present with life and be at peace. So you too will be one who hugs and enjoys being held. You too will be one who loves and enjoys being loved. You too will be one who experiences and enjoys being experienced. You will live and embrace death. You will be able to do so from a space of higher consciousness. That doesn't mean we need to be isolated, alone, or insulated from life. We don't need to be inert to be at peace. We can interact with anyone at any time, in any situation, at any energetic frequency, and maintain our inner space of being, our peace. Otherwise, what's the point of living? If all I needed to be at peace was to be alone, I would have been done years ago. But I found these truths incredibly helpful in my own life and very freeing, and I wanted to bring these teachings forth so that everyone can be in a space where we can maintain a state of conscious peace, love, acceptance, and compassion with everyone else. As you go forward, you'll begin to see this lesson everywhere you look. You'll begin to realize how many things are done and how many decisions are made based on emotions, feelings, and the result. When we are awake and aware of feelings and their effect on our lives, we begin to understand that feelings are not stable and predictable guides. They cannot be the foundation for sustainable, eternally peaceful experience. We've expected them to give us peace, but they haven't. But that is not their purpose. Instead, they've led us into addiction of all kinds. Releasing feelings and moving into intuition is the transition for those who are ready. Maybe you, or someone you know, isn't even aware of intuition. Yet, by hearing this teaching, they become conscious of the fact that there is something beyond feelings, something beyond using perceptual data as a way to live. In closing, be conscious of how you use your feelings and to what level you are letting them dictate your path in life. Don't criticize them or judge them. Don't be hard on yourself when you find them running your life again. We are all at a point somewhere between the unknown beginning and the infinite end. It doesn't matter where you are in the path. Wherever you are, that's where you are. The force of life will move all of us from a space of relative unconsciousness into a space of higher relative consciousness. When the moment is appropriate, these steps in the practice will resonate within you as truth. You will be ready for the next step. Be patient until that moment comes.